This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. For anything land-related, visit them online at mslandbank.com. Land Bank! 25 seconds left to play. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Uh, we're number two, off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes. And look, especially with insurance, you never know. You play the premiums, but, you know, you hope you never have to make that claim. But sometimes you have that fender bender. Sometimes that tree falls over onto the garage, you know, I, you and then when that happens, it's great to be able to just pick up the phone and text away. And within five minutes, you get a text back because your buddy right down the road is your local Farm Bureau insurance agent in town, in your county, in your community. That's why we call them hometown heroes. They're right there. Just a text or a phone call away. You don't have to deal with 800 numbers and all that kind of stuff. And in fact, another thing that's great about Farm Bureau is even if it has to run up the chain, as they say, you know where the top of the chain is in Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance? It's in Mississippi. Home offices, Jackson, right there. It's just a great company with great people. Kind of like around here. Thanks for tuning in. You can uh, text me today on the Country Please and text line 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Hot coffee in my mug here from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Get you some of that, highpointroasters.com. Hi to everybody watching the live stream on Facebook and YouTube and on Periscope Twitter. Uh, a couple things I got uh, a need to recap for you. Uh, a little programming announcement about this show uh, and another show. Kind of adding, making an addition on 105.9 The Zone flagship for this show. 105.9 The Zone, WRKS, ESPN Radio, Jackson, Central Mississippi. That's coming up. First, though, Norman, he's kind of giving it away here on the Country Pleasing text line. He says, Matt, great news on the extra hour. Even more important, does your new counterpart, that would be Dr. Brojo, the doctor, does the new counterpart enjoy that hot extracted liquid from those beans we both love? That's from Coffee Norman. Dr. Brojo, are you a coffee drinker? I am a devout coffee drinker. <laughs> now, I have to be honest with you, Matt. I, I, I hear the High Point Roasters all the time when I listen mm -hmm. to the show. Yep. And I've only been fortunate enough to have it one time, and that's when I was in Oxford. Oh, really? And I really, I really love it. But, yeah. but see, I, I doctor mine up a little bit. Okay. I put, I, put a, I get my wife to put her pinky in it just to sweeten it up a little bit. And I put a little cream. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and I'm good to go. But yeah, it's some great coffee. Yeah, That's it really is. It is good stuff. Uh, my buddy Steve. Maybe that'll be one of the perks. No nope. pun intended. P- of, what a pun that was! Yeah. <laughs> what I'll a be pun! Here all week. That's great. I mean, that was just natural. It just flowed right on out of there. <laughs> one of the perks of the job. Stephen on uh, the Country Pleasing text line says, "Best gas station chicken that's now a restaurant is Klondike on North Washington Street in Vicksburg." Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. You talk about good food now, and a lot of it hidden. Any of y'all ever been to Rusty's downtown Vicksburg? Make your tongue slap your head off. And I'm speaking from experience. Slippery When Rhett says, My favorite Raging Cajuns were Jake DeLome and Brian Mitchell, who in my opinion was the greatest special teams tool um, the Redskins ever had. How about that? Yeah, Jake DeLome. So he went to ULL? That's right. I tell you, the Louisiana Directionals have had some players come through there, have they not? No doubt about it. All right, listen up. Let me give you some news, and then I'm going to come in a bit to the back to the text line. We'll get to Hog Jowl and Boomer Sooner and 100 Grand. 100 Grand, I hope you're doing well. I, got your, I saw you on Facebook this weekend. Again, hope you're hanging in there. <clears throat> so coming to y'all. Y'all can call me on the Davini phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. If you're just tuning in, we had a bit of a programming announcement in hour one. If you listen to my show, if you listen throughout the middle of the day or in the afternoons on 105.9 The Zone, ESPN Radio Jackson in central Mississippi, a little bit of a change a little bit of a change that's going to be coming your way in two weeks. Starting Monday, two weeks from today, Monday, July the 20th, this show, the Matt Wyatt Show, goes for three hours. Right now we're a two-hour show from 12 until 2. Starting in two weeks will be a three-hour show. We'll go to 3 o'clock, 12 to 3, three hours of talking. And uh, Beaver, who's got his hands full with, I don't know, four or five other radio shows throughout the day, is going to step away from this one, get himself a break, have a chance to eat lunch. (laughs) And Dr. Brojo will be stepping in. He'll be a big part of the show and driving this bus every day for three hours. It's a huge job to keep it between the lines. And so we're really glad that JB is going to be here. And that means that also Jake Wimberly, the drive in the afternoons, y'all usually turn Jake on about four o'clock. Well, that's not the right phrasing. Y'all don't turn Jake on, do you? You flip on the radio and listen to Jake starting at four. Well, in two weeks from today, he's going to move up and start an hour earlier, and he'll start at three. So to summarize, beginning in two weeks from today, Monday, July 20th, the afternoons here uh, for the foreseeable future will be this show for three hours from 12 till three, and then picking up right at three, it'll be Jake Wembley in the drive from three to six. Really happy about that, and I think the folks are really going to be glad to get Jake an hour earlier and and hopefully glad to get another hour uh, of us. And I just want to say a couple things about that. Uh, Two years ago, you know what, uh, JB, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, so I'm kind of in story form. And even, sure. though, even though I can't see your face right now in my head, I'm telling you this story, okay? <laughs> okay, cool. You know, like one of those rules of radio, I'm supposed to talk to one person. Well, you're the, you're the person I'm talking to right here. But well, I'm listening to you. 
Well, and this is going to hit home for you because you were, you and Roger were so close. Um, <clears throat> so two years ago, this exact time, two years ago, I put a message out on my social media just to let my followers and people who had listened to me on the previous radio show know that I'd done for seven years that I was stepping away from and I was um, leaving. It was a show we did on another group of stations called Head to Head, myself and Richard Cross. And this time, exactly two years ago, is when I put a message out and said, hey, I'm stepping away from that show and uh, going to go out and do something else. That was two years ago. I remember that like it was yesterday. Well, and, you know, the older we get, two years ain't that long ago, was it? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I said, right. yesterday. <laughs> right, it goes about really quickly. But that was an interesting time. Um, I had, Richard and I had started that show um, and business seven years prior. We'd had a nice little run. And seven years is kind of an eternity in radio. It really is. Uh, in, in a lot of cases. Mm. But I just kind of got to a point where there was just no doubt. <clears throat> and, and one particular day on vacation at the beach, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just no doubt it was time to jump. And so I did jumped, just, you know, basically quit and left. And at the time that I put in a resignation, I really didn't know what in the world I was going to do. And Anna, Anna Beth and I, we, and as a family, we were all um, there on vacation down at the beach. And we don't go to the heavily populated places. We have a, a place that's way stuck off by itself, and it is behind a gate. <laughs> and we go there, and we kind of feel like we have our own private beach for a solid week and pool and everything. We just, it's not a tourist place at all. That's where we were. And we had just gotten there. And, and that's when I, you know, made the decision to jump out and leave. And that was a really interesting and emotional week. And what I mean by that was it was some of the most beautiful weather we'd ever had and seen there. And JB, we, we, we had these times mixed in all in about five days of extreme fun and swimming and, and with our daughter who was six at the time she was about to turn seven and we were just having a great time on the beach and then we'd have these periods mixed in of an hour or two of my wife and i just sitting on a porch watching the sunset and kind of talking over the future i hear you man and it was extreme i wish i could say i don't know how you feel but my last two two and a half years of my life have been very similar you well yourself not knowing what's around the corner and you know, you're almost X amount of age and you wish mm -hmm. this is not what I had planned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. And you start to wonder what, what good are plans. Right. You know, and but I tell you, those were really some even though we were, you know, pushing 10 years of marriage at that time, it was really some in, some formative moments in our marriage. Uh, for Annabeth and I, those moments. It was just a really important and special. It was glue time. It's something that just glued our family even tighter together than we were. Those moments either bring you together or they separate you, man. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's where, you know, if we're talking in football or sports terms, it's, it's when it comes, comes down to gut wrenching time. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to spill your guts. Mm hmm. You do. And, you know, um, 
<clears throat> she was so supportive and believing that, it, you know, basically telling me, hey, look, I know that whatever you decide to do, you'll you'll do well. Let's know you. That's what you are. And so I hit it and started making phone calls. And that led me to this radio show on this station and a few others. But th it's this station. I mean, we're, we're doing it here. It's the zone. And, you know, when I had those conversations with uh, the folks at the zone uh, about coming and wanting to do a show and I would just do it, you know, and host it myself and right. looking for a time slot and were they open to it. They welcomed me with absolute open arms. Oh, I remember the first time uh, I stopped by up here to see Roger and I'll pop in his office two or three times a week. And, uh, and I, I had told him that I thought you would be good for this station. And so about three weeks before it was announced, he said to me, he said, guess who's coming on, on our station now? And I went, don't tell me that. Cause it was my idea. And he goes, <laughs> it wasn't your idea, <laughs> but he was so excited. Oh, and, uh, and it was, I, I tell you what, man, he enjoyed, he enjoyed doing your show. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I would have lunch two or three times a week until you came in the picture and you stole him from me and we were not <laughs> able to have lunch anymore. So we would have to have late lunches, you know, right. at three or four o'clock. But, but it was, uh, I mean, I just, I, this, this, this station has been very important to me. And I think what, uh, what, what Roger was able to do with you and, and mm -hmm. you bring to the show and then Beav and I were actually just having a conversation at the break about, you know, how much he has taken over here because of you know, Roger's no longer here. And right. Yeah. You could tell in his voice, he kind of felt like, well, it wasn't really the way I wanted to do it. Sure. But yeah. as I told him, thank God that he was able here to step in and do it. Cause he already had relationships with other people. And I think part of that's Roger's Roger's training. No you know? doubt about it. Well, there uh, on behalf of the radio station and all the shows, I don't think there are words to describe how important Beaver is and has been. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. And and I'm not even in there every day. And I, I mean, I know that. And I know the people there certainly know that, too. But yeah. but you're right. And, you know, the thing about it is, too. So at a time when I really I'm OK, I, I was emotionally always fine. But looking back, it was a time when I needed uh, the show and the station welcomed me. They were like, yes. We welcome you with open arms. We'll figure it out. And then Roger's willingness to just jump in and immediately say, sure, I'll do two hours with you every day in the middle of the day. No problem. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and he just did it. And uh, a month later or whatever it was, we had the announcement. We're going to do a show. And we started doing this and doing two hours, you know, and I just can't, I don't have the thanks, the words to express the thanks that I have the radio station for uh, allowing me to do this show for putting Roger and I together during that period of time. We developed a, a friendship, even though we didn't get to see each other in person a whole lot, uh, a developed friendship. When Roger passed the willingness of Beaver to say, sure, I'll stay in there and do two more hours with Matt. It's not like he's not already doing four or five hours of radio plus all the other stuff. It's right. just been incredible the way the people at this radio station have gone out of their way to to uh, to help me and to welcome me and to make it possible for me to be a part of the. So I don't have the the thanks really 
uh, the words to throw the out there that would express the things. And the other thing is too, um, now two years into it, because of the listenership, okay, and the support and sponsors who said, yeah, you know, we're going to support this radio show. Now two years into it, it's growing from two hours to three hours. You know, and um, so in two weeks, we're going to be on here every day during what is really going to be a historical time in college sports in Mississippi. August, you know, the last part of July, when we're supposed to have an unprecedented July walkthrough practice period for State and Ole Miss and all these colleges. And we've never had that before, but we're going to have it because of the pandemic. And then hopefully preseason practice, but what's that going to be like? Hopefully the start of the season at the beginning of September, but what's that going to be like if it happens? Fans or no fans? And because everybody here has just welcomed me and did from day one, and people have listened and more and more have listened. The audience has just grown and grown and grown now to the point that we're going to grow the show from two hours to three hours. All of this stuff, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I'm just like you, JB. It seems just like yesterday that I'm sitting on that porch with my wife watching the sunset, you know, in the Gulf with n not really much of an idea how we we're going to make this happen. And now, and, and look where things are, you know, and it's been steady. And I'm not saying that any of us are out here professing to be millionaires, but at this rate, <laughs> maybe we look, will be someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But, you know, it, I, money, it's, it's always been nice to have. I've never had a lot of it. Uh, you know, people that know, know me will tell you that, <laughs> but it's just, it's never made me happy. Yeah, me it, neither. The only the only thing money does for me is when I don't have enough, it makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. But how much is enough? Because there are always other oh, people never getting enough. by on less than what you know. And, and I think that's one of the things this pandemic has has taught us is that we can we can live with less mm -hmm. and still make things happen. I think the cool thing about that story, though, to me, is just simply you and your wife sitting out and having yeah. those conversations because. Um, you've got to have somebody that supports you when you're making tough decisions and you got to have somebody that believes in you. Yeah. And if your spouse is vacillating, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, there's some weddings I've done and I've kind of thought to myself, you know, I might not need to do this. I'm not sure. Yeah. And some of those couples then have, have ended up, you know, together for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's about working together. That's it. That's it. Well, and I can just tell you that experience of going through that of, making such a big decision. Look, when, you know, I was 40 years old. You don't walk away from a steady job, a comfortable job, a, a well-paying job with insurance and retirement, all that stuff. And even a little bit of, I don't know if you want to call it prestige or whatever with, you don't, people don't walk away from those jobs at 40, but I did. <laughs> okay, so I walked away from it. And man, I can't tell you how much easy is not the right word, 
but just how much better that whole uh, process and that whole journey was having her right beside me. And, you know, like ready to just, okay, what's the next thing? Let's do it. What's the next thing? Let's do that. <laughs> right. That kind right. of teammate, man, I just cannot tell you the difference. I can only, I shudder to think what it would have been like to go through that without that kind of support. Now, that's my personal side of all that. And then on top of all of it, too, um, how important it was at that time in my life. I needed a friend like Roger. Mm -hmm. I needed that, and I didn't know that I needed it, JB. Yeah. But well, at, looking back, he, he I was needed the same it. thing for me. I mean, it, it really similar fashion two years ago when I was going through, didn't have a job, mm -hmm. and and Roger was there for me. So, it, it it's amazing the people that come into your life when you need them that you never really ex expected. I mean. I'm a praying person mm -hmm. and I pray, but sometimes, you know, your prayers aren't answered. And so you just kind of right. sit by and wait. And then all of a sudden something happens and you go, oh, well, that I was praying for that a while back. Look at <laughs> here. You know? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> well, that's exactly right. Psalms 37, verse four. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. OK, that doesn't mean say the right things, act the right way. You'll get everything you ever wanted. You have to really dial down and figure out what is delighting yourself in the Lord. And the times I've done that the best in my life, JB, is when I was humbled right to the ground. I'm talking yeah, about say, humble. Oh, Bono, Bono says you, you can't kiss the sky unless you learn how to kneel. That's right. So. Well, and, and, you know, the desires of my heart back then was to work with somebody like Roger. And I got yep. to do that for two years. So. He was he was a radio pro if there ever was one. Yeah, that's right. All and right. A good friend. Good friend. No doubt about it. All right, moving along. Hour number two. Thanks for tuning in. Stay with me. National Fried Chicken Day. Yeah, National Fried Chicken Day. I'm all about it, man. I have not had fried chicken in uh, about a week. It's been about a week. It's time to go get some today. And doggone, y'all. Listen, if you're just tuning in, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, Dr. Brojo, who came into the studio today, the Farm Bureau studio, he brought fried chicken for beaver and for chris and chris took all the chicken and left that's a true story i'm not making it up the uh the aforementioned beaver will back it up hey beaver hey matt wyatt it's always sunny in jackson right <laughs> most times um boomer sooner on the country pleasing text line at 885 ESPN says, Matt, it's not Brooks's fault. The man said the chicken was for y'all. That's singular. All y'all is plural. <laughs> I want to go. This, in this instance? Yeah. No, it's nope. definitely. I will not accept that. Chris, Chris Brooks gets no, uh, he gets no B of the D for this one. <laughs> I, I want to know why he hadn't heard. 
I want to know where Chris is and why we haven't heard from him. I wonder That's, if we. <laughs> I want to. I wonder if we ought to just call his phone and see if he'll answer it. He may have a mouthful of chicken. <laughs> oh no! Look, I'll guarantee y'all, he probably ate that in the parking lot before he left. Mm-hmm. And and Matt, you yep. know what was really cool about it is. The little local convenience store, and I walked in there, and I knew it was National Chicken Day, and I said, oh, I'm a fried chicken day, so I'm going to get these guys something. So I got them a spicy leg apiece, and then the lady behind the, the counter, she said, well, you seem like a nice young man. I'm going to give you this chicken tender, and she put a big chicken tender in there. Really? Fried up. Oh, yeah. Just so, <laughs> yeah, just just to be nice. Good and Lord got here, and, 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 and my man Beeb is – I mean, I'm I'm glad we've only got about 30 minutes left in the show because I'm I'm worried I may have to take over the board. Well, earlier earlier than expected because he's looking he's looking kind of hungry. Hungry, I bet. Well, and you're even hungrier when somebody has flashed chicken in front of your nose and then it disappears, and you don't get a bite. You know, seeing it, smelling it makes you even hungrier. I mm. cannot. I I'm being serious when I say I cannot believe that Chris Brooks walked out of there with all of the chicken that you brought and said this is for y'all. What'd he do? Take it and feed his kids with it? <laughs> Dang, Brooks. All right. Well, he probably felt bad because he, he wore a mask all day Yeah. in here. Mm-hmm. If I looked like that, I'd wear one too. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just picking on Chris. I wear the mask also. I had somebody that made me one that it's like custom. It's got the Mississippi State logo on the front of it. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. And the other day when I went to the local Tupelo Farmer's Depot, it's like the farmer's market here on Saturday morning, I got tomatoes and peaches and all that stuff. And I was wearing a, a maroon Mississippi State shirt. And then I I didn't quite, because I can't see it, I don't quite get the gravity of wearing a maroon Mississippi State shirt and a mask with the Mississippi State logo on it, right? You don't want to be overkill. <laughs> well, it was overkill. <laughs> and some of those people let me know it. <laughs> Uh, they let me know about it. There was a bunch of Ole Miss fans down there. They were like, come on now. You know, pick one or the other. You know, you're not on the team anymore, Matt. You can't be decked out head to toe in logos. Uh, my favorite team growing up was the Atlanta Braves. I was watching the day this happened. On this day, July the 6th, 1986, big, strong, fat Bob Horner Hit My four man. home runs in one game. Is there a deadline on it, on the boxing? What are they, Mike? I think it's passed. Well hit to left. That is back toward that wall. It's out of here, Bob Horner. Changeup is kind of a palm ball effect where you kind of roll it off the end of your fingers. Horner has hit another one. Deep left center, no doubt about it. Into the blue seats and then back out. It's four to two. Now the 3-1. To deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Reardon delivers. There's a fly ball. Deep left center field. Right looking up. He did it. He did it. Bob Horner has become the 11th player in baseball history. They hit four homers in one game. That's uh, That's right. He did it. It made it 11-8, and the Braves lost. <laughs> they did. I remember that game. I love Bob Horner, man. He yeah, was like the great. Pillsbury Doughboy. 
Yes, he was. He was the number one overall pick in the 1978 amateur draft or major league draft. He was out of Arizona State and never played a pitch of mm-hmm. minor league baseball <laughs> no, before didn't. they he dressed out for a major league game. He was that good. The Bob Horner. Portly Bob Horner, the captain, the first baseman. Glenn Mother Hubbard on that team. Mm-hmm. Glenn Hubbard was on that team. That's right. How you hit four home runs in a game, lose 11 days. I'm going to tell you what, they were bad until about 89. They started picking up. Sherholtz got there, drafted a bunch of pitchers, loaded the farm system with pitchers. Out comes Glavin, traded for Smoltz, traded for Maddox, and then we're on our way. We know all about those 14 straight divisions and one World Series, but still it was a fun run. But the, the springboard were guys like Dale Murphy, Mm-hmm. And Bob Horner, for sure. I never saw Dale Murphy wearing batting gloves. No, he didn't wear them. Ever. Mm-mm. He didn't wear them. He was a man's man back then. He actually had muscles before baseball players had muscles. But he was not, like, beefed up, you know. Uh, here's a story. Listen, uh, if, if you're a college football fan in Mississippi, you need to take note of this. Now, it was posted a few days ago, right, right before the July 4th holiday. Uh, I think I actually picked it up just scrolling through Twitter on Saturday, the 4th. I was just looking around on Twitter and I saw this. But I wanted to bring it here and make sure that you and I are aware on this show because it is significant. Story at Sports Illustrated. They have team sites now at Sports Illustrated. I don't know if you know that. But, uh, for instance, like uh, my friend Joel Coleman uh, is the writer and operating the Cowbell Corner, a Sports Illustrated team site for Mississippi State. A guy named Nate Gabler is operating the Grove Report, Sports Illustrated team site for them. But this goes back to SI. Quote from Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. And his official title is Ole Miss Vice Chancellor of Intercollegiate Athletics. If you want me to call him that, forget it. He's the athletics director. His quote was, it's time to decide, hey, are we going to start on time or are we pushing this thing down the road? More to the quote. Keith Carter gave an interview to uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. On June the 1st, I was really optimistic about everything, but I'm less optimistic today about a normal start. He says, we may start on time, but as far as what our crowds look like, this is going to be interesting over the next two to three weeks because we have to put our foot on base. Carter, uh, the, the commentary here says, Carter admitted that there is growing pessimism for a normal college football season. Now, what does that mean? If you're reading between the lines in the quote, what does that mean? We go, well, nobody expects a normal college football season. We've already had Iowa State say that we're only going to put half the people in our stadium that can go in there. We've got a 60,000-seat stadium, we're going to put 30. Most of us pretty much understand there's going to be some abnormalcy around the country in attendance, fan attendance, all that kind of stuff. Heck. If you got to test the fans you take into the stadium or let in there, you don't have time to test your capacity. You've got to do fewer, all that kind of stuff. We get that. Is that what he's saying, or do you take it as 
normal start, meaning a delayed start. Because, like I said, part of the quote from Keith was, it's time to decide, hey, are we going to start on time or push this thing down the road? See, that leads me to believe that there's a real growing pessimism about starting on time. I told you back two months ago, there was real talking going on about starting college, and I'm talking about from the decision makers, about starting college football on October the 1st. Right. Everything delayed a month. Go ahead and make the decision. Plan for that. But a lot of people, I think, got to a point they thought that you didn't have to. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, said, When I've said we are looking at contingencies, that's always been one of those elements of 18 to 20 possibilities. You have to think about what will you know in January that will be different. It's been difficult to predict. We have to be careful in our decision-making. Even amidst the concerning data now, we want to make sure we take care of our young people first, and then we'll see what happens through July to make decisions. I mean, is that vague or what? Again, unprecedented. They've, the NCAA has already said, we had the story here, allowable walkthrough practices for football teams in late July. Well, y'all, it's, it's, it's July the 6th. Two weeks from today, this show is going to three hours from 12 till 3, and that's when we're supposed to be having basically practice with teams. Yet I have leaders who, as recent as four days ago, are saying they are pessimistic. It is hard to figure out the direction now. And I think it's fair to say that pessimistic turn has happened over the last week and a half. It really has because of the numbers. Stick around. Gotta go quick. A lot to get in and very little time. What was it Willy Wonka said? So little to do, so much time. Wait, strike that, reverse it. Yeah, we got a lot to do in a little bit of time. Country please and text line 100 grand says, What's going on, Matt? What's up, Doc? Matt, I'm uh, doing good. See, you love to post this weekend on Facebook. Hope everything is well with y'all. Looking forward to a great show until Doc, he owes me a handle for joining the club. <laughs> Thank you. T Mike uh, got the news. Tyler on the text line says, Great news on the extension of this show, as well as Jake's starting in two weeks. Let's see. Uh, Ghost Pepper on the Country Please in Texas. The next step is hopefully you and Jake going statewide. Mississippi doesn't have a quality statewide sports show. Thanks, Ghost Pepper, for the confidence. True Maroon says, I'm sure you've explained it 30 times, but who is this Dr. Doolittle? It's Dr. Brojo. Our man, JB. John. Dr. John. Wait, Dr. John was the late, great... Piano player out of New Orleans. That's right. The guy that was in the right place with the wrong time. Yeah, with this iconic voice. Seems like everybody in the late 80s tried to get him to do a song and voice it. 
you know, for their like movie soundtrack or something. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Don in Madison says, Matt, all y'all is plural. Yeah, we know. Got it. <laughs> and then Ernest T said, Brooks is sitting in a parking lot somewhere in Flowood licking his fingers. And I'll add to that, Ernest T, he's, he's sitting somewhere, ate the chicken, licking his fingers, listening to us, just laughing his head off. It's probably what he's doing. That's my prediction anyway. <laughs> All right. We got Rebel Greg on hold. Lots of Gregs, lots of Gators, but we got one Rebel Greg who's on hold right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Greg? Hey, Matt, I just want to start off by saying I just left uh, the Ramey Grocery Store and had the best fried chicken I've ever had before. Attaboy. So, where, where is it? It's, in, it's Highway 80 right past downtown Brandon on the right. Okay. Going uh, going east on 80. Very cool. So, uh, but, but yes, sir, why I called, okay, we're trying to figure out if we're going to have college football or not. And most of us listeners and callers, I mean, even you show hosts, you know, we live our life around this and base it around college football. And, you know, it makes the year go by faster because each week, you know, we look forward for something. But with all these new cases and whether it's I, I'm hearing cases are being triple counted, double counted, but uh, it seems to me, I, and I have said, but it doesn't look very bright that we're going to have a, a season. I, I got a coworker I work with, and he he said he gets his home his information from Homeland Security, and he's already been told that there wasn't going to be no college football. And I don't know, hmm. you know, how they can make a decision or have any influence, but. I'll hang up and just see what you think about that. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Greg. Yeah, um, my belief is there will be football. Um, and as of July the 6th, which is today, we nobody knows if it's a full season or not. Uh, Greg, there will be football. Uh, there, I do not believe we're looking at a scenario where nobody nowhere playing football because of this um, virus. The biggest issue right now, the biggest issue anywhere in people being able to judge this thing and then act accordingly is agreeing on the numbers. Nobody can agree on the numbers. Because there's apparently nobody to trust, right? Nobody can agree on it. Is it dangerous? Yeah. Does it spread? Yes. Does it cause deaths? Yes. Let's flip the coin over, though. Is it very, very few deaths and getting fewer and fewer in terms of the death rate you know, to infection? Yes. Fewer and fewer. And uh, it's not... I understand hospitalizations and treatments and overwhelming with people. If you get a certain number of people like in Florida uh, infected all at once, I get it. But in terms of the fatality rate, it is not. I mean, everybody should be able to agree that it is not the giant killer that it was made out to be in March. Okay. So where does that leave everything? I, I think that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that we are still in an unknown. Um, and I can tell you this, Greg, I can just tell you with 
with 100% certainty. There's no information on this virus thing being leaked out by Homeland Security. That I can tell you with a whole lot of confidence. Hey, look, I may not have time to get all the teams that I have on the list for today's countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Uh, it's okay, though. We got all week. We'll get them caught up. We can do several teams tomorrow. Today we are at 61 days away from September the 5th. Let's back up and do team number 63 because we missed them right now. It's the The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty can help you buy or sell that recreational property, timberland, that, you know, weekend getaway lakefront property all of that he can help you find it help you list it and with the land 360 degree interactive drone touring you can view the properties without ever having to go out there it's really really cool so hit up matt matt anderson at 408-5155-408-5155 team number 63 from conference usa one state over uab the blazers from birmingham Yeah, UAB, back from the dead, led by Bill Clark, the head coach, formerly of Prattville High School. Yep. That's the old alma mater. (laughs) He led Prattville to a couple of uh, 6A state championships before they jumped up to 7A. If you'll remember this, this is interesting, but if you'll remember this, in the early 2000s, remember the show on MTV called Two-A-Days about Hoover High School? Rush Probst, Crazy Rush, that program. They were the winners, winning every state championship. And uh, you, uh, Prattville High School, my alma mater, hired Bill Clark. And in short order, Bill whipped that team up into shape, raised money. They built an indoor practice facility, a new weight room, and pretty soon it was Prattville. Knocking off Hoover multiple times, they kind of took over 6A football, it led to Bill Clark moving on to the college ranks. He went to South Alabama to help Joey Jones start the South Alabama football program in Mobile. They hired Joey Jones as a head coach. Bill Clark as a defensive coordinator before they ever even had a team. Built it from scratch. Not long after that, Bill Clark was hired by Jacksonville State. Y'all know 1AA Jacksonville State outside of Birmingham. He went over there, coached him one year as the head coach, I think led him to 11 or 12 wins. And then goes to UAB. And what did he do at UAB, y'all remember? First year at UAB, had him in a bowl game. Sure did. Bill Clark's reputation. People who know football know. He's just the kind of coach who will take his group of players and beat yours, or he will take your group of players and beat his. He just elevates whatever team he coaches. Um, Honestly, as it's 2020, I'm kind of surprised he's still at UAB, really. Uh, At some point, some big school is going to hire him. He's one of the better coaches in the country. Just remember I told you that. I have that much confidence in him. They killed the program at UAB. Lots of political things going on and and all that. And he had him 
you know, succeeding in bowl games before it, they kill the program, run all the players off, start over from scratch. What do you do? First year back, <laughs> after they killed the program, they win six games and went to a bowl game. This past season at UAB, they won nine regular season games, lost to Florida Atlantic in the Conference USA Championship game. I'm telling you, he's just that kind of coach. They went nine and five because they also lost to App State in a bowl game in New Orleans. But that was last year. Their losses last year, three regular season losses, Western Kentucky, then at Tennessee and at Southern Miss, got whipped in back-to-back weeks. And then, of course, lost in the Conference USA title game. Uh, this year, they're going to start off with New Mexico State. Yeah, but, you know, it's just a program. Oh, and I don't know if you know this, but they are building a new home football stadium for UAB football in downtown Birmingham. They've been for years playing their home games at the old Legion Field. And that's the only thing that's kept Legion Field basically standing up. They took the upper deck off of it a while back, but UAB kept using it. Well, not anymore. Legion Field is about to be a thing of the past because UAB is going to, I think in two years, going to have a completed downtown football stadium of their own. They've built a new practice facility. they got money coming in. And again, given the politics of the University of Alabama system over there in that state, I'm surprised they're getting all of it done, but they are getting it done. All right, that'll wrap it up for today. I appreciate y'all tuning in as always. More texts, more calls, more, a little bit of everything tomorrow. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, see you then. See ya!